Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... The interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, want to say hello to all the subscribers. Thank you all so much for checking out the series every single week. The uh, multiple interviews that gets released with a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hopefully you get so inspired to uh, give the series a rating. If you haven't already, leave a review or a comment in the comment box. If you're not a subscriber, take that moment right now to hit the subscribe button. It's the best way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, what they're up to, what they're going to be doing, etc., etc. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast from. Grab your preferred listening device. Hit subscribe, and we will deliver it straight to your eardrum every single week. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Tom DeLong of Angels and Airwaves. Yes, of course, you also know Tom for as the, uh, one of the founding members of Blink-182, which he has come in and out of in the past. Right now, concentrating 
on so many things. Angels and Airwaves, of course, is a, a multimedia project, as he tell you. Yes, it's a band. It makes music. It puts out albums, but it's also tied to film, his company, uh, To the Stars Academy, and comics and animation. So we're going to be getting the whole story on what to expect with this latest round. So far, we've heard uh, one official single and one extra track talking about Rebel Girl and Kiss and Tell. We'll get the backstories on both of those songs. Of course, I have to ask him about uh, if Rebel Girl actually has any lineage to the Bikini Kill song of the same name. Tom's going to tell us about the uh, the characters within the songs, what they mean to him, and how they relate to the bigger story, the bigger picture, nay, the bigger project. And I'm going to ask how that actually affects the songwriting. When you know there's going to be a lot of moving pieces, does that actually direct how he writes the song? And similarly, with so much history coming from Blink-182, are there certain tropes that he has to stay away from to make it an Angels and Airwaves song? Within all this, we're going to be uh, geeking out about a lot of other bands like The Cure and U2 and lots more beyond all of that. So let's get into it. It's Kyle Meredith with Angels and Airwaves. So, uh, Angels and Airwaves, there's new music. We have new music now, and we've heard two singles. Well, you know, it's funny. The second one is not a single. It's Kiss not. and Tell is not a single. And I put that out on um, Instagram and Twitter, I think, at some point, And people are like, wait, what? We, it's just a song that we thought was prudent just to put out because it was done. Yeah. And we wanted people to have something because we were going away to really finish the record. A second single won't come until after the new year. But these days, you know, you don't spend a fortune on a music video. And we thought it was something a little bit more punkish that a lot of my fans would probably like at the moment so we did it it's it's funny the semantics by the way it's one song it's by itself it's not a single <laughs> no it's a triple <laughs> it's like totally different yeah it's quite different uh, well kiss and tell then i mean I'm, i might as well get the story behind it because i don't know it sounds a little bit like whatever the character is going through is a bit like self-destructive you know i yeah it, it is and i think for both of them um something that's important I think in every relationship is is how you realize you, you, how you just miss each other. You know, I've been writing love songs for a long time, and I think an artist's job is to kind of um, digest the world around them and then recommunicate it back for people to hopefully see themselves in a in a new kind of inventive way. Um, on this particular piece, it was really just about something that I see in every relationship, which is two people that really care for each other, but they're just missing each other. They're mi- missing each other. There's no villain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, someone's busy, and when they're ready to do something and share something the other person isn't, and when that person's busy, you know, it's, it's they're both doing the exact same thing, but it's just not mapping up at the right moment. And then it just kind of dominoes, and then it spirals out of control, you know? And it's kind of Nick Hornsby esque. It's like a lot of stuff that he would write about. In you just used a reference, and how would I even? Not, ah. I wouldn't know that. Now, if you said like, you know, where the sidewalk ends or something, <laughs> I would have gotten that. Yeah, he was a guy that did High Fidelity, and he did uh, you know a bunch of those okay. books and everything that were made into movies. Yeah, uh, I just Naked went, that just came out. I just went on a huge uh, John Cusack trip, and we yeah. watched High Fidelity not that long ago. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah, he was just here in town. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was he... Comic-Con type of thing. Does he always hold a ghetto blaster, or is that just in my head? <laughs> I wish. Yeah. <laughs> you won't let you take pictures of him. That's what I know about Seriously. He's, don't... No. He, I followed him on Twitter for a while. Yeah. And it, he's intense. He's intense, and it was not as endearing as I was hoping, because, you know, you, I love John Cusack, mm. and I'm like, he's, I think he's, like, pissed yeah. all the time. He's just kind of pissed all the time. Yeah. I enjoyed him. That's here or there. Uh, all right, well, then let's get around to the, the official single then, Rebel Girl. I mean, the first thing before I even heard of it, I did, I thought, Bikini Kill, and I thought, well, that's ballsy. Really? You know? I, I don't know. Is there any connection to that? I mean, no. that was kind of their famous song. Um, I wasn't a, a fan world. of Bikini Kill. I, I'm a fan of the uh, her the, the girl, the singer. Kathleen. Kathleen, yeah, yeah. I think she's incredible. I love 
all the feminism stuff she does. I love that she married what's his name in the Beastie Boys. And I was like, oh, okay, they're like the coolest couple ever. You know, uh, was Ad Rock? Uh, was it Ad Rock? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh my god, they're like the raddest two people ever. Um, and I got way into it. I remember for a couple of days, I was looking at all their photos and shit, and I was just like, man, they're so cool, a New York couple, and she's so like opinionated and awesome, but still like really cute and cool. Um, but I was never like a huge mm-hmm. Bikini Kill fan. I got into, was it La Tigre a right, little bit? Yeah, yeah, that was, um, I love that. Really cool stuff. TKO, that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it, it's not anything that I would know. I don't know any of the songs or anything that she's done. So it's not like, I saw that reference actually on Twitter and stuff. People are going, oh, is it like this and this? Go, no, but what? I don't even know what they're talking about, yeah, you know? So, yeah. Well, because it, it makes sense. I mean, again, punk lineage, you know, you come from one side of the punk world, she's punk, but it's still punk, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, it's all the same community. That. And But no, this this to me was just, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It just all kind of, when, you know, it's weird. Sometimes when you like, you know, there's a lot, there's songs that you work on that are really difficult and hard. And then there's songs that just come out so simply. Mm-hmm. And um, this was simple. It just just came right out. And I remember when Blink wrote the the song "Damn It." I, I guess this is growing up. They, that was another one. It was like five minutes. And then we're like, oh, that's how it's supposed. To, that's how it works. You know, a formula like little. You know, right. um, but Rebel Girl was kind of like that. You know, and so the name and the words and it was, it was wild. I don't know. It's just a kind of. I didn't. I didn't think much about it. Yeah. And it just happened to be the first one that was done. And we go, this is cool. This is catchy. This is different. I, I was a little worried because it wasn't. This is funny. I'm striving to not make punk music. And when I don't make punk music, I get worried that it's not punk. <laughs> I'm like, God, I just wish I was more punk. You know, so Rebel Girl was like, I don't want to do punk anymore. And then I did that. And I was like, fuck, it's not punk enough. <laughs> you know, are people going to like it? You know, but I don't do things for people to like it. But I want people to, to um, not, I don't want people to hate it. You know, so I'm like any other artist, you know, hey, do you like, do you like my shit or not? Like you know? yeah. yeah. Because you're one of those artists. I mean, not every artist says it. You've got a history you know so when you're writing a song I, I don't i would guess you would want it to be as natural as possible but you do you find that you're like i have to stay away from certain tropes because it's going to be that yeah well there's i can't um i do i gotta stay away from certain things like power chords like i'm so sick of power chords i still do them mm-hmm. but i'm it's funny i refuse to kind of put it front and center where you're just picking through a power chord the way the Ramones did, you know, the way Blink would have done forever. Um, I've just done so much of it. I've been around it for so long. So now I'm like, if I got to do a power chord, I'm going to ring it out, you know, and then put something else on top of it, a delay guitar or something. And I'm like, okay, that's a little bit different. It uh, didn't cause me to have to be like any better at the guitar. It's just kind of rethinking how I would put music behind some words. But that's kind of me kind of running from what I've already done for 20 some years, you know. But I'm also really interested in like just doing different things now. I, I I really like so many types of music, but I'm I'm not good at playing that kind of music. Every time we do a sound check, Matt and Alon are just doing all this god awful jazz fusion shit. And it, but they're such <laughs> good players that I'm seriously they're laughing and making jokes out of it. But I'm walking up there going, "That's fucking cool! Like, what is that? What you just did?" And Matt, you jump in. He's over there, with a little smirk on his face. He's, "Oh, this is like a minor key, seventh, third. Then you do a ninth and a tenth on top of it." I don't know what the fuck they're talking about but um it's all this scientific theory around the music i'm all okay stop talking because i don't get the arithmetic but god you guys are really fucking good at your instruments and i teach me something about what you're doing i'm i always want to learn you know and and so when i feel like this is a long answer because i'm thinking out loud right now when i go back to doing just a simple punk thing i feel like i'm not learning anything i'm not trying anything i'm not pushing myself and uh i'm just i just want to make sure i'm doing that because it's really simple to do what i know how to do right and uh that feels like it's i don't care i guess 
I always thought, you know, Angels and Airways was one of those rare times where it didn't seem like anyone expected it to be Blink either. I mean, you came out with something, so, you know, it was... You drew that line, I think, really quickly. I tried really hard, and I was ahead of my time, maybe a little bit. I'm not saying I was any better than anyone or anything like that. I just think that, like, I did something that people didn't totally understand. I didn't think it was too far off melodically for them to like. I think it was just a big leap for people to go, he was all about fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and now he's all about love, hope, and all Mm. this shit. And I think, you know, the songs weren't as fast, and the songs were more crafted, and the lyrics were more spiritual. And and I knew that it would take people a minute to, to understand that that I wasn't faking it. You know, they're like, what is he doing? Is this like the, is he an actor now? You know? And I'm going, no, you just don't know who I am outside of the hour and a half on stage. You've seen me. You just don't know, you know? So I really try to draw a very big line in the sand and going, Oh, this is like the other part of me, you know? Right. Well, and you know, you were referencing bands that I hooked on to I mean, you were talking early. You too. I heard the church, you know, the, uh, the alarm, maybe some echo. I mean, all these, this great eighties alternative thing that was kind of, with a new shine to it's it. It's so funny because people are like, okay, you're using all this delay, delay guitar like Edge, you know? I'm like, yeah, you know? And people are like, well, it's so much like you too. I was like, well, I would rather play something one guy is playing than play something that millions of people are playing. You know, that's how I looked at it. Like, everyone in the punk scene is just power chording through their, you know, their song. They all sound the same to me now. But there's only like a couple people that use this kind of sound and and i'm really into them i love the cure you know robert smith is putting it all over his bass lines and shit edge is putting it all over his guitars and new order uh, dude it's all over new order and I, so to me i was like that's what i grew up on but before i got into punk i was way into that stuff so for me it was like how do i blend those two worlds how do i blend the 80s new wave stuff in the in the the early youtube kind of post-punk kind of stuff they were doing how do I and how do I blend that with the modern '90s punk stuff that I grew up with? And uh, you know, and that's what Angels and Airways is. It's yeah. like I just wanted you two to be a little bit faster. I wanted you two to hit a little bit harder. I wanted you two to not have so much vibrato on the voice. <laughs> you know, it's shit like that. Yeah. I was like, this is my version. Yeah. You know, if there is, and I wanted Bonna to say some dick jokes, and I figured out how to put that in there. You know, <laughs> if they'd only stuck with the boy sound further. Yeah. Or the war sound, or something. You know, like that. or the first three songs on Joshua Tree. You know, sure. and just. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, yes, I, I you know, I, all I'm doing is taking some of my favorite stuff that I've grew up with and doing my own versions of it. And for me, that's usually something a little bit more edgy. I like things with an edge. You know, I don't I don't do well when you hear a great song on the radio and you're all oh, it's really catchy. It's great. I'll turn up a Taylor Swift song because it's catchy and everyone's up here drinking and it's fun. But like if I if I hear a pop song, though, like that, it's like I'm, I don't know who they are, where they come from, what they stand for, mm-hmm. what they're pissed about. Why are they on the radio? Do they have something to say? Because everyone can write a catchy song now. I just want to make sure if it's catchy or if anything, I just want to make sure you have a reason you're doing it. Sure. Like, who are you and what do you stand for? Yeah. And that's why I like punk music. Because with a lot of them, and you'll talk to them too, it's uh, they don't have the story to connect to the song. There's no memory that goes with the song. You know, it's a co-write, and it's in the studio. That's the problem. That's it. And it's not a bad thing. It's just there's a lot of people that like pop music because it's an escape and it's dancing, it's fun. I am not downing on. I can't do what they do you know and they're they're katie perry's fucking huge you know it's like that's not my thing it's not i don't know how to do that but for me it's 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 just i want to be a part of something like rock and roll is really important because you're supposed to be yourself know who you are really put yourself out there and somewhere across the world there's a fan that goes 
I fucking identify with that. So I'm going to dress like you. I'm going to talk like you. I'm going to find people to hang out with that remind me, me of you. And I'm going to find a tribe and I'm going to grow up going, I'm okay in this world. And that's why I really like that movie, that, that Bruce Springsteen movie. Oh, the one that just came out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Blinded by the Light or uh-huh, whatever. Uh-huh. It's like the most perfect example of what happens when you find something that speaks to your soul. And no one's going to say Springsteen doesn't touch on some nerves, you know? And, um, that, I want to be a part of that. You know, that's more emotional. That's more spiritual. That's like, that means something. You know, no one's grabbing a pop song from ABBA and saying that fucking, like, spoke for a generation. There are, the Beatles did, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's different, you know? So that's kind of, that's how I view it. Do I connect with the Dancing Queen? <laughs> no, fine. I do in different ways. <laughs> that's fine. I do. Well, let's hear how all this kind of makes its way into this new record. Again, you know, we've heard Rebel Girl so far. I th- the, the the line I've got here where you're talking about the new record as far as a story arc, uh, I, I'm simplifying. More to life than what we're told. Yes, absolutely. Well, everything in my life is about that, you know. Everything yeah. I do is about, you know, can you squint your eyes and see what's going on here, you know, and, and really step back and not be focused on one particular thing, but kind of see how it all plays together. And everything I do with To The Stars Academy, everything I do with Angels and Airwaves, I mean, even the early stuff in this band was like, you know, they were this, it was, it was a somewhat little punk kid that grew up in a garage that plays very simple music, trying to figure out how to do something more autobiographical. And Blink was very autobiographical in a sense, because I did write songs like Stay Together for the Kids and like, you know, going away to college was about leaving your girlfriend and, and and dealing with becoming, you know, a real adult and all this different stuff. But but for Angels and Earth, it's much more spiritual. It's like, okay, I don't want to, like, I just want to wear all black because that's, like, the cool thing to do in a punk band. I don't want to, like, act like I'm pissed about the government because, like, I like my, like my I know enough about the government or something, you know. Um, I want to sing about what I really care about. And that and for me, that was, like, what is consciousness, you know, and what is it's love and why are we here and how do we separate from the way we were brought up by our parents and how do we become the best version of ourselves without the ego? You know, how do we like really love the people that have hurt you in your life and understand that they're suffering and all those types of things that you're supposed to do as you get older to be a self-aware adult. And uh, I was on my own journey trying to figure that out. And that's really what this band was all about. You've uh, called it the multimedia project and and we've seen it happen so far many times in the past. Uh, How does that fit in with this one? And, and I guess the question I'm going to eventually get to is, um, when you're writing, and again, sometimes you can just sit and you can write, but if you're planning it for this whole bigger project, I mean, does that have to directly direct how you write the song, what you write? No, a lot of what I do is, I kind of made this early rule that each part of the of a multimedia project has to be able to live on its own. You get this a lot in film pitches, where you go in and you're going, okay, I got this idea for a television series. And these development executives, the first thing they say is, well, is this a series arc or is it a season arc? And then what happens, you know, is this uh, episodic? You know, they have all these terms. It all boils down to can someone just watch one episode and understand what's going on? Or do they need to watch the whole season to have any clue? And there's arguments for all types. But for this, it's like if someone hears a song on the radio, they got to just like the fucking song, sure. you know, or if someone watches the animation that I did. They got to understand that that's cool. and It lives on its own. And hopefully at some point they put two pieces together. Oh, shit. I love that song. And I did see that animation and they're together. How fucking. Oh, my. I like it even more now. And that's the goal. Mm-hmm. They go, wow, this artist worked really, really hard 
to do something that most artists can't do or don't want to do or don't think of doing. And they won me over. I'm stoked that someone went to that much effort. That's why I always get bummed when people just go, I don't want to watch the Avengers movie or whatever they say. You know, I'm like, do you know how hard it is? to make a $250 million movie with a thousand people working on just getting the money alone. Mm-hmm. You got the best writers, the best artists, the best creative directors and actors and producers. I mean, managing that thing over a five year period, it's so gnarly. And, and all it boils down to is, can we create an escape for you yeah. for a couple hours that gets you out of the minutia of your day because you hate your fucking job and you don't get along in your marriage or whatever the whatever it might be. And I, I always welcome that with open arms. Is it my favorite movie? No. Is it something that I would line up to see in the snow? No. It's like, but it's like, will I sit down and see what they put together for a couple? Yeah. Entertain me. Dazzle me, motherfucker. That's awesome. <laughs> Two hundred. Someone walks up to you on the street, taps on your shoulder, goes, guess what? Me and my buddy spent five years and $250 million on this thing. Do you want to see it? You're like, yes. Fuck yeah. Yes. I don't know anyone that would spend that much money for me to watch something, you know? Yeah. So that's that's kind of my, my take on it, you know? So then again, you know, when you have a song like Rebel Girl, again, we'll start with that one, and you're doing whatever you're planning on the other side of these multimedias, you write the song and then you figure out how it fits together, then do you draw the string or is there any, is that how it works? You know, it's inter- that's a really good question. When I'm, for me, it's like when we're writing the music, I gotta let, the, every time I've gone in to write a song or an album thinking that it's gonna be a very specific thing, every fucking time you get in there and you're trying to force it to be what you thought it should be. Right. This song needs to be this up-tempo, ACDC sounding thing. And then you get in there and it doesn't sound that good. No, no, no. Just uh, just change the riff a little bit, but keep that drum beat going. It's going to be an ACDC thing. And then you sing it, and, and, and you work days on those vocals, and then you're like, God, no, it's not raspy enough because it needs to be this ACDC thing. Next thing you know, you have a song that sucks. <laughs> right. Versus going in there and go, it's going to be this ACDC sounding song. And then you put it in there and go, wow, that just isn't working. I don't, the drum beat's so simple, right? When it starts, I just, I'm not even inspired. Well, what does work with that drum beat? Well, it'd work if you took the guitars out and just put down a synthesizer pad and you read some poetry. That's kind of Radiohead. Let's do that. You know, cause I like Radiohead too, you know? So you got to let it be organic and you got to go with the flow. If you're trying to force any piece of art to be what you intended it to be, it will never be good. You have to like let each little ingredient leads you to the next ingredient and that's how i treat the songs it's not like i'm going in there this has to like totally fit the movie it's with or the book that it's with it doesn't it's like it just loosely has to be in the same universe right but the song has to live on its own you know and for me it's more like all this art symbolizes an attempt for me to put down what i was feeling at this moment, you know, at this moment in time. And uh, I, because I, I, the, other, the other way, because the, the other thing, it becomes too, it becomes way too um, forced. It becomes theatrical when every band wants to do a concept record, you know? And when you want to do a concept record, then you're like, okay, the whole concept is there's a Viking from outer space. So next thing you know, you wrote this really great song that sounds exactly like Rebel Girl, all the same melodies, but now you have to fucking write the <laughs> lyrics about a Viking. And he's on a spaceship. That would ruin the fucking song. Right. You know, rather than someone just going, you know what? Everything's great. Just don't sing about a Viking. Sing about a girl. And then you're like, oh, how refreshing. That actually works. Right. So you can't force yourself because then it becomes theatrical and forced and cliche, you know? I think the Moody Blues did enough of that anyway. Look at that. We got a lot done there. That was a lot done. Yeah. That was nice. And that's where the interview ends. We, we recorded that uh, backstage at Paris Town Music Hall in Louisville, Kentucky. He was headed straight to the stage from there, I do believe.
thus the uh, the quick cutoff at the end. Uh, so my thanks to Tom and the whole band, Angels and Airwaves. Again, the uh, the single we've got out right now is called Rebel Girl. Looking forward to the next uh, the next single and whatever album comes from that as well. And thanks to you for checking out the episode. Again, if you're not already subscribed, uh, I hope you do hit that subscribe button before you, you click over to something else uh, because we put out a lot of interviews uh, with your favorite artists, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's a lot of content that I will give straight to you just for hitting the subscribe button. So you can do that at uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, but also Spotify, YouTube, and all of the places that you can grab podcasts from these days, just type in Kyle Meredith with. If you're already a subscriber, thank you so much. Uh, please take a moment to give the series a rating, uh, leave a review or a comment, or just say hi, what you liked about the interview, any of that stuff. And then after that, head to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, that's wfpk.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on social media at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. I think you guys are teamwork. Are you guys uh, together together? We're married. Yeah. Now, like, yeah, she can't leave you unless there's, like, a judge. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.